you know, it's just occurred to me that, you know, yeah, I didn't do the Band-Aid thing, but honestly, I was Penny Lane. expresses whatever we were a mess and we had so much fun um things that happened with jenny lord the first time we hung out she chokeslammed me against a wall (laughs) which sounds bad but like it made a lasting impression on me uh another time uh i yelled at her and peter frampton of all people for trying to help me clean up after i had a pool party uh, it was like a big fight. It was real crazy. And then the next day I woke up still drunk and then like called her to cuss her out more instead of calling her to apologize. Uh, and through and through, she is still my friend. Uh, we understand each other on a very animalistic drunken level. And I cannot wait to have her on for the after party. Anyway, I'm rambling. Let's get into the story. Uh, today, I, you know, we got a little bit out of order previously because I was trying to mix up the stories to match our after party guests. So we're going to go back in time, just one story, and I'm also skipping a story. There's a story in the book with some questionable language, and it has dawn on me that I don't really think it has a place on this podcast. I don't have a problem with it being in the book. It's really not as offensive as you probably are thinking it is right now hearing me say this, but uh, but I'm going to leave it off of the podcast because God forbid it gets some kind of negative attention and I have a guest on the show that receives negative attention as well because of it. So we're going to go back in time and we're going to read a story called Tumbleweeds. Uh, Tumbleweeds is about me changing from a very safe, kind of family-owned business type of job to a very dangerous, kind of insane club environment. Uh, I have no regrets, but man, man, Tumbleweeds was crazy. Alright, so that's enough of that. Let's get into it. Sorry I rambled today. I was feeling talkative. Let's do it. Uh, Alright, here we go. Let's tell a story. The management at Broadway Brewhouse called a meeting upon my return to work the next week. I knew I was in for it, but bless their hearts, the staff had decided to forgive me. I sat humiliated as each manager spoke to me like I was a child wearing a dunce cap in the corner of the room. First up was Janie. I feel personally offended when you get so drunk here because the rest of us work so hard, you know? It's like we really care about this place, about doing a good job, and then you're over there just boozing away. Janie was a raging alcoholic who was sleeping with our general manager. She was gracelessly aging out of her hot days and had an attitude that told you she knew it. Janie also wore combat boots with jean shorts, like, every day. Janie could go fuck herself. Next, Chad. You can be really hard to work with, especially when it's just you and me on Sundays. I'm not sure what the disconnect is, because I've never had this problem with any of the other staff. Chad was hot, so people at work didn't notice that he was stealing from all of them. Chad could also go fuck himself. I don't actually have any work-related complaints. I think you and I do just fine. Better than most, even. But, yeah, blacking out on tequila the other day and calling me a cocksucker wasn't exactly cool. I actually liked Max. I felt bad about Max. 
So here's the deal. We obviously don't want to fire you, but something's got to change, Janie said. I sat, still in my proverbial dunce cap, and listened to these assholes prattle on. You can stay here as a bartender, but you just can't drink. Not during your shift and not after your shift, Janie said, proud of herself. Like, not at all, Chad added. Not even when you're not working. I noticed Max was looking down at his feet. I looked at each one of my managers. My cheeks were flushed with embarrassment. For a moment, I contemplated, I contemplated agreeing to these new rules, but then I remembered. Bartending sucks sober. So, instead of graciously repenting for my sins, I quit. With all due respect, especially to you, Janie, because it's so generous of you to offer, I would literally rather do anything, almost anything, than work here sober. Crickets. Max looked up from his shoes. I mouthed, sorry, to him, collected my things, and walked right out the front door. Chad and Janie didn't seem to have anything left to say. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I hit the streets, fired up and ready to find another bar job, stat. Dressed in all black with lots of cleavage, I looked like an expensive call girl, perfect for getting a new gig. But bar after bar turned me down. It was Nashville's slow season, and with so few shifts to give away, I was sent away and defeated. I wondered if I shouldn't have quit brew house. Oh, that's a slip up, guys. I put brew house instead of tumbleweeds. I guess now you know the name of the bar. Oh, wait, no, it's not a slip up. <laughs> My bad. I told you I'm feeling talkative today. Anyway, back to the story. Brew house is called brew house in this book. I did name that bar by name. Tumbleweeds, on the other hand, is a name change because so many illegal things happened at, quote, tumbleweeds. Okay, okay, back to the story. Fuck that, I said out loud. At home, I sat at my desk, perusing Craigslist for possible job leads. I was aware that no decent bar would ever post an ad online. Nice bars simply don't have to. But maybe I wasn't looking for nice. One crudely written advertisement stood out from the blasé list before me. Looking for sexy bar girls, no experience, no job, exclamation point, must be fast, honest, good looking, with skills, all caps, spelled with a Z. Contact ddaddydave at yahoo.com. Dave. This guy sounded like a hot mess. Skills, all caps with a Z? Really? This could only be hilarious. I emailed my resume post-haste and within an hour was scheduled to interview the next morning. I arrived for the interview 15 minutes late and extremely hungover. I had managed to squeeze into a pair of super tight jeans, but my face was puffy with vodka bloat and my blue eyeshadow from the night before made my eyes look even more bloodshot than they actually were. My skin was blotchy and I was sweating. I hoped that my tight jeans would be enough to win over this D-Daddy Dave character, but I had my doubts. The building itself looked like a barn. Large, red, with cacti and assorted dead shrubs planted sloppily at the entrance, it was an eyesore. Even more of an eyesore was the man who came to greet me. Dressed in swishy black running pants and a glittering Ed Hardy t-shirt, David Bergman was the spitting image of the penguin. You know, from Batman? Danny DeVito's character? Right, but this man was in far worse shape than the penguin. Sure, he had actual fingers as opposed to the flippers belonging to DeVito's character, but still, David had a tracheotomy, a big, fat hole in the center of his throat covered with what looked like a 10-year-old band-aid mottled and brown. David rasped at me from the decaying entrance to his hole, his vocal cords destroyed from years of smoking. <laughs> it's so gross. Sorry. You guys, I don't know why I can't stay on track today, but whatever. Okay, sorry, back to the story. As he spoke, he pressed his fat fingers against the brown bandage on his neck, applying pressure to increase his volume. You're fucking late! Come on in! He was smiling, his teeth yellow and sharp. I walked forward cautiously, checking out the scene. 
It smelled like piss and mozzarella sticks. The floor was sticky with stale beer and spilled cocktails. David walked me down a hallway to his office, his track pants swishing as he did. The office was filthy and small. He cleared off an old broken office chair and patted it, suggesting for me to sit. He eased into his own, also broken, office chair and cracked his knuckles. It occurred to me that my tired-looking eyes and sweaty brow wouldn't be an employment deterrent after all. In this kind of place, they might actually get me the job. Fifteen minutes later, David and I agreed. I had the experience he wanted, and he had the sleazy bar job I wanted. Looking beat up, it actually worked to my advantage, as it made me seem more desperate, like a down-on-our-luck kind of gal who really needed the job. I was too cold and hungover to remove my ratty leopard print coat, and so I never showed off my awesome butt jeans. Still, I was in. We closed the interview with an awkward hug. He smelled like scrambled eggs and feces. You look like a good girl, he rasped through the brown bandage. You're a good fit for the kind of place I'm trying to run. I nodded and smiled, holding back my gag reflex as his breath wafted from the hole in his throat up to my nostrils. Now, David was an ugly man, sure. Most bar owners have led a rough life and have earned the hardened faces to match. But for his entire clientele to be just as ugly, that took me by surprise. My first night, I was surrounded by some of the most hideous people I have ever seen. <laughs> and I'm from Baltimore. There were fat girls stuffed into neon spandex pants, their seams barely holding as they sexually gyrated on the dance floor. Skinny girls with exposed midriffs were marred with scattered stretch marks and loose skin from multiple teen pregnancies. The men were less awful, I'll bet only slightly. The dance floor was littered with skinny, toothless cowboys in 10-gallon cowboy hats, mingling with fat white boys in cheesy hip-hop caps and oversized tees. Several men donned glittering affliction t-shirts and clearly aspired to be MMA fighters in their wildest dreams. Weight control and lack of dental care were a theme. Nearly everyone in the building had teeth. That's right, not teeth, teeth. Somehow, I had landed myself a job wedged somewhere between a Faces of Meth online photo gallery and an Overeaters Anonymous meeting. Fortunately, there was lots of alcohol to be had. I started mixing shots and observed the other girls working alongside me. Drinking helps, one girl slurred in my direction as she watched me down my first shot. She half winked, or blinked, I couldn't tell, and prepared herself a shot as well. And hey, at least they make us look extra pretty, she said, gesturing at the line of patrons at the bar. She was right. We looked like supermodels in comparison. As long as the money doesn't suck, I replied, tossing back shot number two. I walked to the bathroom just as our DJ announced that in mere moments he would host the, quote, legendary Tumbleweeds wet t-shirt contest. He blasted air horns and played a few other cliche sound effects heard in shitty college bars. Legendary, indeed. I had seen wet t-shirt contests before and knew that they were basically ass-shaking competitions. Most girls involved try to be as naked as possible, but to keep things fair, they all start their performance in, you guessed it, a wet t-shirt. I could only imagine the cows in our bar that night stripping down to their 4XL thongs or vibrating their loose and C-section waistlines in a come-hither fashion. I couldn't wait. I hurried into the bathroom, and when I exited, the contest was in full swing. I tried not to stare at the stage. I didn't want people to actively know I was looking down on them yet, but something peculiar on the stage caught my eye. I looked over and through the crowd of soaking wet white trash, I saw, it couldn't be, a toddler. A lot can be said about seeing a toddler on stage during a filthy ass-shaking competition. I could pretend to have morals and say I was insulted or worried for the well-being of the child, uh, but those were not my concerns. I liked my new job. I liked how trashy it was, <laughs> that I could drink freely, and that I was the prettiest girl there by default. We seemed to be making good money, and I didn't want the club to get shut down for something as menial as a wannabe stripper bringing her baby to work with her. 
What was happening was clearly illegal, and I feared my job was in jeopardy. I marched over with the full intention of getting the kid, and hopefully its mother, the hell out of there. I walked with a purpose. I was half drunk and feeling superior. So what if I was new? I was in charge. As I neared the child, wriggling and writhing, almost sexually, on the floor, I saw that it was wearing one of our custom Tumbleweeds wet t-shirts. Who gave this baby a wet t-shirt tee? I yelled out. No one was paying any attention to me. Everyone was just watching the baby. How could this be happening? This was the worst example of parenting I had ever seen. Jesus H. Christ, I yelled to no one in particular. Who put their toddler in the contest? No one in particular was listening. This was a new low. I was so dumbfounded I almost screamed. Instead, I reached down to pick the child up off the floor. My tough exterior was starting to crack, and I felt myself growing a warped version of a maternal instinct. As I reached down to retrieve the child, she turned her body away from mine and rolled onto all fours. She stayed that way, positioned like an angry feline, her back arched and faced me. It was then that she hissed. This baby literally hissed at me. I felt my stomach turn as I reassessed the situation. My head was spinning, the music suddenly louder and more aggressive. People chanted all around us. This was no child after all. The creature on all fours hissing wildly at me was not a baby, but an adult midget. Also, language, you guys. This book was written years ago, like 10 years ago. So I just want to say it was an adult little person. This, this hissing little creature was a fucking adult little person. A chubby, toothless little person with terribly pockmarked skin at that. Her tiny limbs twerked and jerked as she attempted to win the wet t-shirt contest. She continued to hiss and the image of her child's body sexually gyrating along with her filthy possum-like mouth spraying spittle in my direction almost made me throw up. I recoiled and stumbled back toward the bar. I must have been ghost white because the other bartenders came to my aid quickly. Girl, did you puke? Brittany, a pretty redhead with freckled skin, asked me as she ran her hands across my back. My God, y'all, she's sweating something fierce, she told the others. Another pretty co-worker, this one blonde, came up to help. It's okay, baby. A lot of us puke on our first night. I think it's because David stocks RC Cola instead of Diet Coke. That shit will fuck your stomach all up, she said. The girls were being nice, but I was still too queasy to respond. Get her some crackers. Ooh, fuck that. Get her some cheese sticks from the kitchen. I'm hungry. Keisha, a petite and animated black girl, chimed in. I'm not going to puke, I finally said. I wiped the sweat from my brow and wriggled out of the redhead's embrace. I just need another shot. That was the story for this week. Let's get my friend Jenny on the line. Let's have an after party. Girl, how the hell are you? I haven't seen your face Good. in so long. So I like went to the liquor store today and got, oh my well, God. it's not quite grape. It's passion fruit. They oh literally God. had every single flavor besides grape. I know. I don't think they make the grape anymore. Maybe that's why. Because literally, I mean, they had a whole section. And there was, like, flavors that I've never even heard of. Fruits I've never even heard of. And I was like, <laughs> I had to go to, like, and I was like, hey, do you guys have any great vodka? And he was like, uh, you know, of course, he's like, I don't know. Yeah, but, he doesn't know. Well, that guy doesn't like, Maybe I'm just missing it. Because they had so many flavors that I was like, okay. It wasn't just like, okay, we have five flavors. And you knew automatically. Like, there was literally every brand had a section of flavors. Yeah. And, no, they didn't have any. So, I'm like, is that not a thing anymore i think it's not a thing I, I have never found it in california obviously jenny and i used to do this shot called like it never happened it's the best shot you could possibly do in the whole world it, we made it kind of famous in nashville for a hot minute uh it is just a chilled shot of smirnoff grape vodka with a sprite back and don't put ice in the fucking sprite back a back doesn't have ice in it <laughs> 
So I don't know if I ever told you this, but several years ago, it was after you moved, I was at some bar in Midtown and I was, you know, it's loud and trying to explain the shot. And they're like, like it never happened. And I'm like, shut the front door. <laughs> yeah, it got around. We were, we yes, were. Yes, I know. And I was trying to explain to them that I was co-creator of the shot. <laughs> yeah. And like, they're like, it's busy. I'm drunk and slurring. They're like, Get out of my way. You know, like, no, but me and my friend, Ori she's in California now, but we, we did the shot. We made the like, shot, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So it did get around and I was at Robert's once, which makes more sense because that was closer to us, mm-hmm. but it made it all the way to Midtown and I'm beyond. I'm so proud. I'm so, it's such a good shot. And like the reason we called it like it never happened is because once you taste the Sprite, it's like the vodka never happened. Like it really just tastes like a sip of grape soda. But if you do it backwards, remember we used to call it getting date graped. Date graped. <laughs> and there was like one night where I did it like three times in a row where I just did it backwards. I could not get it down. <laughs> yes, it, it was a good one. That's um, amazing. I wrote down some notes of stories I remember. Okay, so I woke up today super hungover. I had an event last night. Oh, my God. I had a painting event last night at this like. It's called Fourth Fridays on Fourth Street. I live right off of Fourth Street, so it's like my neighborhood. These are like my local shops. It's like my neighbors, basically. Mm-hmm. And I was really excited to get the event and do the painting party. Like it's good advertising and like it's a good opportunity. And I kind of fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> what did you do? I yelled at these kids because they were being assholes. <laughs> And then their mom came up and was like, you do not need to talk to my children like that. And I was, she's like, I don't expect that'll happen again. And I was like, well, I don't expect it'll happen again either. Like, are your kids going to be screaming at the top of their lungs in the middle of a painting class in the future? It seems unlikely. And she was so mad. How old were they? They were like, I don't know, in between the ages of like four and 11. There were three of them, maybe four of them. They were oh, all in annoying. a running car, like parked in the alley, like next to where I was set up in the street. And they were screaming at the top of their lungs, like, for, like, a couple of minutes. And I'm trying to, like, instruct. So I didn't even say, I didn't even cuss at them, girl. I just went, yo, we're trying to teach a class. <laughs> I yelled at them like I would yell at, like, a bad dog. You know, just, like, an aggressive tone. But, like, I wouldn't ever, like, tell a dog, like, you're a piece of shit. Just, right, right, just, right. I'd have to be bigger than them and, like, kind of aggressive. And I guess they, like, cried to their crackhead mom. I shouldn't call her a crackhead. But she did look like maybe she smelled crap before. Yeah, well. She could just be tired from raising those three demons. I don't know. (laughs) Exactly. Anyway, anyway, so I woke up today and I was really hungover because I haven't really been drinking. Like, I have to be an adult now. And, yeah, and I just, I was like, I need, I did the thing that I always do, which is I called the pizza place before they're open and trying to order a pizza. And they're like, bam, we're not open. And I'm like, (laughs) when are you going to open? I need help. (laughs) And I was like, what am I so, going to talk like, about with Jenny? At like 9 a.m. Yes, I do it all the so time. Like, oh, my God. Girl, one time, one time. Okay, listen. So it was my birthday, and we had a birthday party. I went back to Baltimore, and I was with my friend Ashley. I was at her house. I woke up, and it was just, like, dead bodies everywhere. You know, everybody's, like, passed out, face down on the ground. We all got so fucked up. And I was like, you know what would be perfect right now? A round of pizzas. So I called my favorite pizza place. And I made a whole ass order. I was like, I need like six pizzas, all different kinds of pizzas. It was like a complicated order. They took it. And then at the end of the call, they say the most like strange thing to me. They're like, okay, and when would you like this delivered? And I was like, as soon as possible. They thought you were like doing a pre-planned order. (laughs) Yeah. Because nobody wants pizza at (laughs) nine. I had no idea. I thought it was like one in the afternoon. So they're like, what time would you like to deliver? And I was like, yo, now? Like ASAP? And they're like, okay, well, we don't open for two hours. Did you go through with the order? Yeah, but I was like, why would you take the whole ass order? Like, (laughs) sir. So do you guys have Jimmy John's in California? Yeah. Okay, so... Uh, fun fact, they will take your order before they open, because I try to order that. That's, like, my thing in the morning. I, like, a, a daily sandwich. Really <laughs> wake up and you want a sub. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so random. I mean, but anyways, so they don't open till like, 10, 10, 30, something like that. So, But if you place your order at 9, they'll let you place it, and as soon as they open, they'll process it and bring it straight to you. And they start working on it before they actually open, because I guess they're there setting up. 
So I've actually gotten my sub before they actually open. That's so. a good. That's good to know. Domino's <laughs> does the same thing, and I do want to say this about Domino's: it's trash. I know. However, the best trash Domino's you're gonna get is the first pizza of the day. They don't fuck <laughs> around. They're like their tubs of all the ingredients are hella full in the morning, and they like. <laughs> They go crazy. Like, I'm like, I didn't even ask for extra cheese. Look at the cheese. I'm, I'm like picking up my slice. It weighs like four pounds. I'm like, what is going on here? Yeah, they treat <laughs> you right in the morning. And they, they like, they're all I, they're all hyped up. They just had their coffee. They like drop it on your doorstep. They don't even knock. They're just like out. They're just like, it's here. Come eat, bitch. No, that's the thing, though. They, they, they don't. They don't knock anymore. No. You need that to That just recently attention. happened with me, and I ordered from there. I hadn't ordered there in probably like five or six years. And I didn't even, they didn't even knock, actually. I just happened to hear the dog barking, yeah. and I opened the door, and my pizza was there. And I didn't think it was them, because I literally ordered it, like, eight minutes before them. Yeah. So I don't even know how. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, I, like, went back and checked. I was like, how did they even make it that fast? You time-traveled. Yeah, you time-traveled for pizza. No, I've done yeah. It. yeah. They're on it. They're on it. And it wasn't actually that bad. No. No, it's, it's, I mean, Domino's They stepped up their game. It's fast food. I, I never processed that Domino's is fast food, but it is. It's like just as much of fast food as like McDonald's. Like it's that fast. They can get it to you. They can get you that pizza in eight minutes. I so anyway, I woke up really hungover and I was like, what am I gonna talk about with Jenny? Come on. Come on. I shouldn't have had any doubts, but I made some notes. Okay. <laughs> um I'm gonna start. Okay, okay. I wanna lead into okay. There's so many good ones. Um, let's start with the time that you got stuck in that parking garage. <laughs> and I came to help you out, and I was, like, scolding you for, like, being too wasted and, like, stuck in a parking garage. But I drove totally wasted and, like, parked on the sidewalk. Like, you, I, I don't know how you didn't hit the parking meter. You were literally, like, three-fourths of your car was on there, and you're berating me for, because I was going to leave and drive drunk, and I, like, took it to you. I, like, walked with my head down and, like, got in the passenger side of your car and yelled at me all the way home. It was like I was your, like, teen, drunk teen that you had to pick up at a party. Like, you were my mom, and I just, like, took it. Jenny was, Jenny called me or texted me. I think you called me. I'm sure you called me, and you were like, I'm stuck in this parking lot. I don't know how the hell to get out. And I'm like, what do you mean you're stuck in a parking lot? You're like, the cops are here. So she, I get to this parking lot in downtown Nashville, and Jenny is in the back of her car hiding from, quote, the cops. By the way, the only reason she's stuck in the parking lot is because she has to put the ticket in and pay it, but the thing isn't working. And the guy that she thinks is a cop is actually the parking lot attendant, who is the only person who can let her out. She's convinced he is in a uniform, to be fair. He's in a parking attendant uniform. So he does kind of look like a cop. So I'm like, God damn it, Jenny, you're so drunk. Why are you trying to drunk drive? So I get my drunk ass out of bed, get in my car thinking that I'm perfectly sober because I was like, what, asleep for 15 minutes? Like, that's going to cure it? Drive drunk downtown to get Jenny. I don't park. There's, like, plenty of parking along the street. I pull up on the fucking sidewalk like a maniac, like Smokey and the fucking bandit. And go get yes. Jenny, and I'm like, yeah, like, I, like she said, just berating her about drunk driving the whole time I drove her drunk home. Well, the reason why I was hiding in the back of my car was because once I got to the parking spot, I, th I thought I saw another cop, so I threw my keys <laughs> behind me, <laughs> yeah, and yeah, it yeah. went to the back part of my trunk, because I had, like, a small SUV. So I get back there to try to find the keys. Of course I can't find them, so then I just, like, decide to hide out there, so that I don't... <laughs> and I think that's up. where I made the call to you, and I was like, hey... I remember, I can't find my keys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm stuck in a parking garage. Like, I could have easily just like walked out of it to the street and got a taxi. I don't know why that never occurred to me. <laughs> now, I think this was pre-Uber and Lyft, but there were taxis. Like there were other options. Than God, thank you, God but for Thanks Uber. for coming through. Um, I appreciate that. Oh, anytime. Uh, I'm so happy there's Uber now. Like I would clearly be in jail for oh, drunk sure. driving yeah. if there weren't Uber. Like, now it's so fucking stupid to drunk drive because it's, like, $4. <laughs> but then, why did it seem... Well, also, taxis were sketchy. Like, there's a oh, few so sketchy, sketchy Ubers, but, like, taxis were so sketchy. Like, I remember being, like, I'm definitely getting molested and, like, stolen by this taxi cab tonight. Oh, I would lose things in taxis and call the company the next day, and they'd be like, that's not one of our cabs. I'm like, but <laughs> it had your... 
it was your color, your emblem, it had your information. They're like, we don't know who that is. We don't know who that is. That's, that's actually a hardened child molester. Like, right. That's a hardened criminal that you were driving. Well, I'm like, okay, I guess I'm not getting those sunglasses back. Yeah, oh well. <laughs> At least I made it out with my life. Have you ever uh, hooked up with your Uber driver? No. They're always so lame. I haven't either. I had a one that I paid to just let me cry in the back of his Uber. <laughs> I had just gone through a breakup, and I was like, I just need to cry for a while. Can you just keep the meter running? Can you just stay parked here? And he was like, yeah. He felt really bad for me, and I let him walk me to my door inside, like, my gated apartment, which was a no-no. And then he was, like, calling me, like, the next day. So I guess I gave him my number, because I don't think they can see your phone number from the app, so... No, I think they can call you through it, but they can't see your number. Right, I would have to. Now, I mean, I've had app. some really, I've had some gems, but I've just never had anyone I was attracted to. But yeah, I've definitely had some people that helped me out of some sticky situations. I like, had a guy uh, who taught his dog how to skateboard. You can look him up on the internet. The dog's name is Skateboarding Henny, H-E-N-N-Y. You can Google that. Give that a goog, and it's like a bulldog, but actually like skateboards. I thought he was pretty cool. He gave me his number. I text him sometimes. He doesn't remember who I am. He's always like, please stop harassing me. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I mean, most of the time I'm in an Uber, I'm, you know, so inebriated that I'm, like, either, like, completely antisocial and don't want to talk at all and just want to stare out the window, or I'm, like, crying and telling my life story, so nobody is interested in me either way, because either I'm just yeah. a standoff bitch or I'm a hot mess. So they're people love both of those things. I don't know what you're talking about. That's my entire I know, MO. I have had no bites. <laughs> it's my whole romantic background. Standoffish bitch or hot mess or both. Um oh I had one that uh like was like a molester. He didn't molest me, but I was really drunk and he was like, Why don't you take your top off? And I was like, Why the fuck would I do that, you piece of shit? Why don't you pull on over right now? And I, like, cussed him out, and he was like, I'm really sorry, I'm really sorry. I was like, hell no, you're trying to tell a drunk girl to take her tits out? Like, I don't remember exactly what he said, but it was more graphic than why don't you take your top off. It was, like, nasty. And he was like, it was just, like, creepy, you know? Anything, like, how much trust we put into people, our strangers. Like, we get in the car with them, like, we let them take us home. Now, I would always have them drop me off, like, a little bit down the street so they oh. wouldn't know exactly where I was. But there were times where I didn't care, and I was like, hey, walk me to my door. Yeah. Um, Can I have a good day but... kiss? <laughs> and I'm Tell like, oh my God. In. Yeah. I that yelled at one guy. He parked outside of my house. So, like, my house is on the corner of the building, so there's, like, windows around the whole thing. And there's a huge front window. So, basically, like, I, I'm just exposed. Which is fine. I don't care about that. I'm not, like, a very private person, and I don't really feel, like, endangered in any way. But also, when, like, I see a car parked outside, I'm, like, a little wary, like, just in case. So this guy dropped me off, and then he parked. Like, and he was, like, I could see him, like, looking in my window. But also, like, my window was open. Like, it's hard not to look in. It's, like, a lit-up window. So I, like, kind of looked at him, and then I, I was really drunk, obviously. <laughs> I had just taken an Uber. So I, like, got paranoid. I, like, hit the ground. I, like, dropped to the ground. I was like, he's looking at me. <laughs> and, uh, and so then I, like, turned on the lights, and then I got up in the dark. And he saw me get up in the dark. I saw him see me. And he was like, oh, I guess I'm freaking out. So he left. And then he parked on the other side of the building at my other window. And then I saw him out there, and I was like... Oh, hell no. So I like went outside in my bathroom and I was like, what are you doing out here? Why are you staring in my windows? He's like, I'm just waiting for another call. I'm really sorry. And he was like, he was like he was going to cry. And I was like, oh, my bad. Okay. I'm very drunk. Good night. <laughs> oh, my oh my gosh. Poor guy. He was just like idling, waiting for a call. Innocent. I have to get a tissue. My nose is running like a faucet, girl. I got this homeopathic allergy medication. It doesn't work for shit. Uh, but the other allergy medication has like speed in it and it makes me really paranoid and crazy because I'm so hyper already. Yeah, I can't take that stuff either. I, I used to be able to. I don't know what happened, but I get the same. It has the same effect. Well, we used to be on speed all the time because. Maybe we that's why. I feel like it's almost like I'm like on meth or something. Like I'm like. That's yeah. Jittery. I can't sleep. Yeah, it's. Well, we used to also like work really. We used to. Okay, you were in school and bartending at the same time. We were bartending in a place that was, like, hella physical. That bar was long as shit. And we would, like, run around doing the server shifts. We're insane. <laughs> insane. We killed it, though. You we killed it. Like we made thousands of dollars. Me. 
Yeah, and like we're making so much money, so much money, and like not stealing, which is insane because normally exactly. Make, it was like honest money. Remember when that little what was that little one that little troll that Heather? Oh, she was like something something ain't right. If, if y'all are making that much money. And we were like, yeah, something's not right. That we have to make our own drinks. Walk. Like, if we had, like, a pacemaker. Like, if we had a Fitbit on, I cannot imagine how many steps we put in on a server shift at that. It had to be 25,000. It was Oh, insane. my gosh. No wonder we were, like, so skinny. I mean, we literally ran. Now, that's why I couldn't do it every single night. No, you could only do it, like, twice a month. a week. Yeah. Or, yeah, because we would split it. Like, every other weekend, you and, like, we would take a Saturday. And we'd get there at, like, 2 on those days, too, remember? It'd be, like, a 2 to close. Yep. And, yeah, I mean, we would make hella money. And <laughs> all those lazy bitches behind the bar, like, never wanted to do it. And remember the one time Heather did do it, and she was like, oh, wow, this is a lot of money. But she was still too lazy to do it again. Yeah. But she finally she understood. Limping around. She was always <laughs> limping. <laughs> I don't know what's going on there. One leg was longer than the other, maybe. I don't know. Oh, my gosh. She, she always had a boot on her foot. Oh, my goodness. She was just going to the gym too much. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when she, like, um, she, okay, I don't know if you know this, but after I quit working at Silver Dollar, she told people that I had threatened her life, that I was trying to kill her. <laughs> Do you remember that? Like, what, why? I don't know. Some guy overheard me say like oh I wish she'd kill herself or something like that. I was just drunk and talking shit like I am right now and I was like oh that bitch should die like just I said something you know not nice but like not a death threat like I'm never gonna take time out of my schedule to kill Heather <laughs> like no she was such a Heather it was like a perfect name for her mm-hmm. she was such a Heather yeah wow. she was so annoying and so just non-likable yeah. I mean, yeah. she was awful. Yeah. But I feel like Heathers are usually hot, though. But. <sighs> Not. And popular. Yeah. I think a better name for her would be, like, <laughs> Martha. <laughs> Martha. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'll stop. No, I'll stop. I know. Like, there's so much stuff I can say about her, but I- I'll refrain. Yeah, um, she, she's not here she to sucks. <laughs> but she sucks. She was just a sucky coworker, and she thought she was better than she was. And that was part of the problem, was like, you're not that great. You're not as good as you think you are. Have I ever told you about the time she got hit in the face with a Grey Goose bottle? (laughs) (laughs) That's all I need to say. Can you imagine the noise that made? Because, you know, she was, like, so proud of the fact that she was, like, a soccer player or whatever. And she was always trying to come in and, like, get you. Like, that's not how you bartend, by the way. You want to work around the other people that you're working with so that you don't body check them repeatedly and to be a tiny person and like body check us to the extent that she did was so fucking uncalled for and I guess one time she was trying that shit at McFadden's and somebody turned around with the Grey Goose bottle and just got her like right in the head and clunk <laughs> she went down just that imagery oh because she was like what four, like four foot eleven I yeah mean... and like I, I have I have like big I had bigger bruises on my body from that little thing than mm-hmm. anybody I've ever any uncoordinated idiot I mean you and I are both you know pretty tall and have really long limbs and arms and they're constantly swinging bottles and I never hit you one single time not once not once not a problem her all All the the time time. it was intentional (laughs) jealous 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 I'm sorry you're small stop beating me up for being tall I can't deal with you bitch and I'm not gonna kill you calm down (laughs) she was just a drama queen uh do you remember when we decided to be band-aids <laughs> <laughs> I, so I figured we were going to talk about this um man we had such a it was such a brilliant plan in theory in theory in theory <laughs> we watched almost famous one night drunk and we're we like, used to have movie nights and they were great they were so great I mean all the classics were covered um, and said, okay, it was right at the start, it was spring, summer was about to pick up, we knew, like, it was going to start getting busier, and that we were having all these new bands, and so we decided that we were going to be Band-Aids, and I, we chose our character. I'm Sapphire. I'm Penny Lane. <laughs> Obviously. Um, so we put this plan into, um, motion, and you, you carried it through a little bit more than I did. I, I tried. I tried, but we just worked with these people, and then they weren't as hot when you were around them all the time. The saddest? You realize they were just, like, alcoholic losers that were semi-talented. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, so like, nice to look at. The hottest one. So we had this band. They were terrible. It was a terrible band. Whiskey Bent. Remember? And you had a little brief oh. thing with the lead singer who was Troy. so good looking, but so bad at singing. So good looking. So good looking. Like he he should have he he missed his calling. He should have been a model, not a singer. Bless him. He's a classic case of an attractive person being told that they're talented when they're not because they're attractive. He would have been yes. like a really good uh, model in LA. Like he could have been an actor easily. And the funny thing is, he left California to come to Nashville to be a singer. Maybe he had like, already gone through that. You know, maybe, maybe he'd already been. Because like, they weren't that young. I mean, they were. It yeah. wasn't like they were like fresh twenties. Like they no. were late twenties. Yeah, I can't believe they were late twenties. That they weren't. They had to be like twenty four. There's no way they were late twenties. But he did have really? silver hair. They couldn't have been. They couldn't. Have I don't been. know. I don't know. Well, okay. So anyway, we soon. But the other one that was really hot, the one that Ryan. you. Ryan. So we yes. soon realized that the real prize in the band was Ryan. He actually was talented. He was talented. Might still be talented. He's also kind of racist. <laughs> I don't know if I told you. Um, and look, 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 look. I, nope, nope. He was so, okay. So he had no game and he was kind of racist. So the first time he asked me to hang, okay, the first way that he asked me to hang out was to paint him a picture of Waylon Jennings. <laughs> Waylon Jennings is an ugly son of a bitch, okay? So like if you want to hang a picture on your wall of somebody, I understand that like you're a country fan, why would you want a picture? I wouldn't want, like, a picture of, like, Willie Nelson on my wall. I'd be like, ew, no, no, like, no. But whatever, so I did, and he was like, I'll pay you. Well, then he didn't pay me for it. He thinks, like, what, he's special? So then I was like, you know what, I made a mistake on that painting, let me get it back. So I took it back, and I put a dick in the hat that Waylon Jennings was wearing, and I told all the other bandmates, I was like, they're like, oh, I saw that painting you did for Ryan, you must really like him. I was like, did you see the dick in the hat? And they're like, what? And I was like, yeah, there's a dick in the hat. So we already, we're off to a bad start because I don't like it. Like, if you don't want a painting, just ask me on a date. Like, you don't have to be like, paint me a picture. Like, just be like, do you want to go to dinner? That's how it works. Like, you don't need to like, there, there's no facade here. Uh, then he asked me to come over and hang out. And I was like, okay. And like, again, we were trying to be band-aids. So I was trying to hook up with as many guys in bands. And at this point, I was like, kind of sleeping with that guy Dusty. Do you remember Dusty? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. And then Spencer. So yeah. I had two band boys. I was I was on a roll. Like I was Sapphire. I was doing it. We made a bet. You had a boyfriend at this point who by the way was a door guy. Not a band guy. But that's okay. We all try. We do our best. Oh I was gonna get to that. Yeah. Oh I'm, oh, I'm gonna get to that. I'm gonna get to that because I have a story about that too and it's my favorite. It's like I have a vision of you freeze framed in my mind from that period and it's so beautiful. It was so perfect. Um Anyway, so I went over to his house, and he's like, want to watch a movie? And I'm like, okay. So I'm, like, determined to, like, bone this guy because he's really hot. And he was, like, a good maker-outer, too. Like, I was into it. I was, like, physically very attracted to him, even though he was, like, for all intents and purposes, like, a moron. <sighs> he puts on the fucking Shining. <laughs> and he's, like, trying to make out with me after, and I was like, I gotta go walk my dog. He's gonna, like, pee on the floor. So I left to let my chihuahua out. Okay. Then he asked me to go to the zoo with him. <laughs> so we go to the zoo, and at the Nashville Zoo, there's a lot of African animals. And also at the time, the neighborhood around the zoo was a predominantly black neighborhood. So he says, and I'm, don't, I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here. But he says, he clicks at me and says, in this neighborhood, no wonder there's so many African animals. I feel like I should be wearing a bowl on my fucking head. Wait, Hell. what do you do in that moment? This. This face. <laughs> like, not the smile. I'm smiling at you. This face. I was like, let's go see the meerkats. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So it's were... over. It's over. At that point, it's over. Like, you're. And that's so disappointing because he's, he's, he's so good looking. 
I know, because we always thought Troy, the lead singer, was the hottest. We thought he so was the hottest. He was the hottest. He was the hottest. He was the hottest. And he was like a good kisser and had like a good dick. Like, yeah, I, 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 I don't know. know it could have been it could have been hideous. I never got it unsheathed. I never got it out of the clothes. But like I you know, I always grab yeah. the dick immediately. Like I like spill something on a first date on somebody's crotch immediately and like, oh let me dry that off just to make sure it's there. Because I don't need to get into a situation with another micro penis ever in my life. Ever, ever. No thank you. No thank you. Time's a wasting. Gotta go. Uh okay, so when okay, so Jenny started dating this guy Ryan, who uh not racist Ryan, this is sweet Ryan. He was our door guy. Very cute. Uh, it, it was cute. One day, I came into work. We had a little back, like, closet. We had a couple of closets at uh, <clears throat> Silver Dollar where we worked. And I came into work. I was running a little bit late. And Jenny came out of one of the closets. And she was like, oh, hey, girl. And she looked a little ruffled. And I noticed, oh, you know, like, those skirts that were in fashion, like, ten years ago, where, like, you just pull them on. They're like a tube skirt. And they had a little, like, fold-down, like, piece. Um... Anyway, she was wearing one of those, except it was on upside down and inside out, and the tag was hanging in between her knees. And I was like, Jenny, your skirt is on upside down and inside out. Get your shit together. And she's like, oh, shit. <laughs> and, like, switched it real quick. Yeah. They were having sex all, all right, over So, funny story. I don't know if you know this part of that. So, we were in the closet together, and it was a closet that was in a large room that was attached to the bar, and they would host events in this room, right? So, we're in there doing our thing. And we hear people come into the room and they're showing their room to a potential client to rent it out. <laughs> and we are like, and it's a small space. Well, and this, it's not really a closet. It's almost like a passageway into another room because it's connected to another room. And sometimes people want to rent out the second room. And right. we are standing in the way of those two rooms behind closed doors. <laughs> so the whole time we're like hoping that they don't want to show the second space because so it's totally exposed. So we had to sit there while they like went through the whole thing. Just like, okay, okay. And then when we came out, that's why I was probably so like, um, it was so chaotic and my, I didn't put my clothes back on. But yes, <laughs> the goal for the summer was to be a Band-Aid. And mid-summer, I hooked up with a door guy and stayed with him for two years. At the end of the summer, <laughs> when we reflected back, I was like, what happened? I just did not follow through in the dream. But um, Two years. But that was a good relationship. He was a nice guy. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't he like a hippie now? Yes. He got married. Um, yeah. He Last time I saw him, he had a, a man bun. And That's he right. always had the hippie vibe. I just didn't let him be it. You know, I didn't yeah. want to be his true self. Like, I was like, no, you're going to be better. And, and it just. <laughs> better. We're not hugging trees, wrong with being bitch, a hippie. It just wasn't. Yeah, no, hippies are great. It's just not my vibe. And so, no, like, the yeah, whole time I was with him, I was trying to make him to be some, something he wasn't. So, you know, surprise, surprise, it didn't work out. But, like, I was not letting him be his true self. And so he found someone that he is. So good for him. I hope he's happy. Yeah, whatever, next. Yeah. Yeah, next. <laughs> It was fun. It was convenient, you know, working weekends. It's nice to have someone there you're hooking up with because you can hook up at work. You're going home together. So, I mean, it's really hard to have a a healthy relationship if someone's not in that same field as you. I mean, it's almost impossible. uh, Absolutely. It's impossible. It's really impossible. It's probably a bad idea to hook up with people you work with, but for somehow we made it work and really there was no drama maybe sometimes but not really like we just made it work for no, the you time guys were we were good. there you guys were good yeah it, it was fun it was good but that's the only way I would recommend doing something like that because it's it's really hard to have a relationship so it was more just out of convenience um but it was nice sex was good so good well good job Ryan you're not and, and aren't you happy Ryan if you're listening to this which I'm sure you're not aren't you happy that you're not racist Ryan <laughs> He was not racist, right? He, he, he was from Michigan. Okay, wait, I have, uh, this is literally what my notes say. Skirt upside down and inside out. Ryan was pretty racist. Oh, okay. I worked with you the year that Fanfare became CMA Fest officially. And I don't know if it was, like, on the books official, but it changed the year that you and I worked it. It went mm-hmm. from being... A festival of hillbillies who didn't tip to being a bunch of like kind of cute girls. Excuse me, Bert. So 
I think the shift was that you, instead of having all these like little local pop-up events, they had like this three or four day concert that was like hundreds of dollars. The tickets to it were hundreds of dollars. At this point in Nashville, the hotel prices started to rise, which attracted more of, you know, a wealthy clientele. Um, so the, the people change. And so you had people coming, like more attractive people, people that are wealthier are coming. Um, so yeah, it definitely, uh, things did change. But uh, I will say that I did miss some of the hicks though, just because it was such a fun time people watching. I mean, you didn't make money and you worked your ass off, but it was like four or five days. And then you epic. had so many good stories. And then afterwards, it just became like, okay, it was just like it got gentrified or something. And it was just like this new class of people. Right, right. It was, and, and I mean, you made money, so it was good. I remember the day after, so Jenny and I worked the whole weekend together, and we did the last shift together. And we got to work, it was like Sunday night, and we were like, oh, and nothing's happening, nothing's happening. And like, we kept saying like, I think it's going to get busy, I think it's going to get busy. And then it fucking did. Then we got our asses kicked and we were like okay in the basement okay this is important because i still have these shorts from the basement so in the basement of the bar where we worked was all this stuff because the bar used to be a souvenir shop and there were all these clothes in the basement so i like we went down in the basement and we put on all this crap like we had on like shirts that said like holler and swaller those were our work <laughs> shirts but then i had on a pair of shorts that said like Honky tonk, badonka donk, which by the way, I still have those and I wear them all the time to walk my dog. And I'm like, <laughs> I just, I, I dare somebody to read my ass right now. Like, it would be so cute. Honky tonk, badonka donk. Yeah. No, they had the most random clothes. Like, it was the most trashiest, like, I had like a, a deeply made souvenir things. Like, it was like literally like stickered on like Nashville. I had like a and Travis Tritt t shirt. Why was it just me and you there on a Sunday night? Like Because, I, because that place was run, because Lee Rice didn't care. Like, he loved us. He was like, they'll handle it. And he didn't think it was going to get busy. And we were because like, Because we Wait. had a really, really wild Saturday night where on my register, we, I rang $5,000. And for yeah. you that don't know that in the bar business, that's a lot. That's especially a lot. for one of our bars, you know, Silver Dollar. A silver Dollar. And I think also to have like people six ringing girls. on it. Yeah, six girls on staff ringing $5,000 is insane. Right, it is. And I think there was somebody that was sharing my register at one point, but still, one register did $5,000. Um, so yeah, I don't know. And, and the, the event lasted till Monday, so I don't know why we were just there alone, but it, it worked out for us. We did great. We but knew yeah, we, we were going to get our asses our kicked. kicked. We knew it. And we were like joking about it, and we were excited about it, and then it happened, but it was beautiful. So the next day, I don't know. I don't know if you slept at my house, or you probably slept at my house, or maybe we, yeah, yeah because everybody slept at my house because it was so close to downtown. Mm -hmm. um, we got up, and we tried to go to the bank. But the traffic was terrible. We were just trying to put all of our cash in the bank. And the traffic was so bad that Jenny was like, fuck it, let's go to the mall. <laughs> we had so much cash because it was like four days. And we were trying to be responsible and put it in the bank so that we wouldn't have it on our person. <laughs> I've never spent more at Bath, Bath and Body Works in my life. Um, we got t-shirts made with airbrush airbrush t-shirts made that said jenny and orion we spelled your name wrong and my name wrong it was j-e-n-n-i-e -N -N -E and o-r-i-o-n cma fest forever and yours was a yours was a three t mm -hmm. toddler I, yeah i size. still have it i still have or it four t yeah it was four toddler. Toddler. that's my size yeah <laughs> <laughs> not after the pandemic now i'm a five t it's terrible and we decided i'll let you tell the story this is your show <laughs> no i mean i don't even know what happened i know that there was a wedding um <laughs> <laughs> well, we decided to go back downtown and be tourists that missed their flight and didn't get yes. to leave CMA Fest. Yes. We were from with Minnesota, Minneapolis. Something with an M. Michigan. Yes. Something, something Midwest. Something, something Midwest. Midwest and something with an M. And we had, oh, and I remember we found a pink cowboy hat on the ground that was filthy and I was wearing it on my head. I was also wearing a dress, like a nice dress. And then I had on my t-shirt over the dress that we bought at the mall. And cowboy boots. And cowboy boots. It was like, oh, it was so good. We literally had been working like four days straight, double, so no sleep. Probably looked terrible. Drunk as shit. Like, just, yes. I remember Jenny told me, 
oh, my friends just got married. They're at this sushi bar. Should we go? And I was like, yeah. We were the hit of the wedding. They loved us. They taught me how to do I didn't know how the sake bomb was. I did like three sake bombs. I was like, yeah, 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 like slamming the table. It was so fun. Oh my gosh, I totally forgot that that was that <laughs> night. I was When you said wedding, I was like, okay, maybe I was thinking on 2nd Avenue, but no, we went to that like little, yeah. That it was like in the gulch. It was like, like and we, right with our t-shirts on, <laughs> with our t-shirts on. And we were like, hey, <laughs> what's up? Happy marriage. Woo. And they loved us. Everybody loved us that night. We were being so fucking terrible and everybody ate it up. It was like the worst I've ever been and also the most respected I've ever been. And then I ended up, okay, so we worked at Silver Dollar. You went next door or whatever. I was at Doc Holidays, and I was in there, and I kept talking about my friend, and, like, nobody in there thought I had a friend. <laughs> they thought I was by myself, stranded from Michigan. I started making out with this guy, and I was like, ooh, ooh, that was terrible. Stop. Stop. And everybody was like, what is going on? I was like, let's try again. Let's try again. And I was, like, trying to teach him how to kiss. So fucking terrible. And everybody, and I kept being like, where is my friend? What? And then everybody's like, she doesn't have a friend. And then you came in and they were like, oh, she has a friend. With our matching t-shirts. I remember that guy. I think he like, in front of him, we were like talking, you were like, I'm trying to teach about a kiss. He's really, really bad. And he's just like standing there. Like, like embarrassed. No, I ran into him later in life. And I don't remember what, I mean, obviously I don't remember. I don't remember where or how I ran into him, but I know he like came up to me and was like, like to see if I was the girl that was like so mean to him. And I like said something and I was like, Oh my God, that's the guy I was working in another bar. And I think he came in and I was like, Oh shit, that's the guy from CMA night. Like cussed out because he can't kiss. Yeah, no, it was definitely an epic night. And you were so right when you said we were like our like worst selves, but worst. yeah, we didn't get any crap for it. Like, no. we, people were just like being so, and maybe it's because we were the, the Midwestern tourists, or maybe it was just our adorable selves. I don't know, but I don't know <laughs> how we got away with that in our own town with our service industry folks. No, you know, how like, did I, nobody I call how. us out? Although at Doc Holidays, they did call us out when we first went in before you left, and nobody thought I had a friend. We were, like, sitting there. I don't remember the guy. I think the guy's name was, like, Chris. He was, like, a mixed black guy who wore glasses, if I remember correctly. He was, like, a super sweet bartender. And we sat down, and, like, we... Bartenders hate it when you're, like, hey, 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 hey. And you, like, need our attention. And then we're, like, what do you need? And you're, like, uh... And both Jenny and I were, like, waiting. We're, like, Chris, 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 we need drinks. We need drinks. And he came over, and he's, like, what do you girls want? And we were both, like, uh... And he was like, oh, fuck you. And he just put down immediately two like it never happened shots. Like, great vodka, Sprite back. And we were like, yes! <laughs> yes, because that was one of our, uh, the partners of our bars. There was like four bars that they owned. So we knew all the people. So they knew what we wanted to drink. And, and this guy, Chris, was just, he worked the same CMA Fest. And somehow he got stuck with the Monday shift, which was awful. He must so have rude. Stuck. <laughs> Because I don't even know if our bar was open that night. I don't I think, think it we was. Just, I think we just closed just to like recoup and like reset. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, that was definitely <laughs> a good time and um, fun time. Um. You know, it just occurred to me that you know, yeah, I didn't do the band aid thing, but honestly, I was Penny Lane because I had this like weird relationship with Jesse Kane that lasted for years with someone that somebody sorry listeners we had to do that that's what it sounded like okay so let me explain why I just yelled somebody scream off key into your ear. So Jesse Kane is a musician in Nashville and when he would get wasted on stage, he would always yell, somebody scream. But it was always like super wasted and like his voice would always crack. Um, it was tragic at best, but also very, very funny. So that's why I did that to you. All apologies. Yes, I'm very, very sorry, um, but it was a lot more noxious than that, I can assure you. Don't you um, touch my Jesse Kane. Don't touch my Jesse Kane. Oh, where is Jesse Kane? He's still performing. He's, like, big in Canada. 
No, he's like good for him. Good for him. How's his wife? Well, they got divorced. That makes sense. Um, that tracks. Yeah, yeah. It's years and years ago, and um, we tried to have a thing. It was after they got divorced. Somebody died. Oh, um, <laughs> the one guy from Bootleggers. Oh funny. yeah, Rick. No, not Rick. This that just happened. Oh, it was, Bobby. Uh, the, Bobby. Yes, Bobby died. So we went to a yeah, wake. Honest. You know, I was back. I came back for Jeff's wedding. Did you? Mm-hmm. I was there. Okay, yeah. I, so I, Bobby died. Out real fast. I went to his wake. We were, you know, which we were talking before that, and like we went home together, didn't hook up because he was just like wasted. I like we were supposed to have dinner together, and um, we go to the wake. He stays too. He stays after I leave. And I go home. I'm living on Second Avenue, so I'm like right by the place. So I'm like making us dinner. He doesn't show up. Um, I eat both of our dinners because I ate my the first Fair. dinner like on the plate, and then he just like didn't come. And so then I ate the second plate, and then I'm like, oh my god, I just ate two dinners. Anyways, he shows up hours later, and then I'm like over it. Um, so we like made out, and it was awful, and nothing ever happened. And good, that's yeah. awful. Ew. Yeah, no. And then the next day, it was just, and then it just kind of fizzled out. But it was like. For years, there was like that leading up to the point where it was yeah. going to happen. And then when we finally had our chance where I was free and he was free, it was just like, it was just better flirting when we were both attached. Yeah. It was one of those type of things. But yeah, no. But that's so Penny Lane to like want someone that she couldn't have and that wasn't good for her. So I actually, I think I lived up to my persona. I think you actually lived up to it really well because you were like, you got into relationships. Jenny and I went on like that for, I'm not even kidding you, another hour just reminiscing about all the band boys and all the trouble we got into. Uh, But I did cut that short because who has two and a half hours to kill on a podcast? Not you. Am I right? All right. So here is us signing off. Bye. Jenny, thank you so much for coming on. You're beautiful. Say good night, everybody. Good night, y'all. week i hope you enjoyed it if you liked the story in the beginning of the episode you should get a copy of the book rebound at oriandrutter.com as usual all that info is in the show notes so you don't have to try to figure out how to spell my name all right bye